Welcome back to The Genre List, where we take a deep dive on today's top podcast genres, one at a time. I'm Nidia Serrano, Vice President of Sales Marketing at SXM Media, here to reveal all the best industry insider advice for advertisers. Put on your thinking caps. It's time to learn. Today, we're talking about learning podcasts. It's like the best parts of school, on demand, ready to go wherever you go. So what do we mean when we say learning podcasts? We're specifically talking about education, science, and history shows. They're interesting, engaging, accessible, and powerful. Not to mention incredibly popular across demos. It's not just nerds. It's curious people looking for their next adventure. 22 million listeners in 2022 across five of the top podcasts in the genre alone. When it comes to science, education, and learning, pop culture icon and actual scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson comes to mind. Hey, everybody. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. What I try to do in my life, and especially through the medium of the podcast, is to package and shape some of the most interesting things on the frontier of science, especially in the universe and our place in it. And we present it to you in a, in a trinity of pop culture, humor, and the science. Neil kicked off his popular Star Talk podcast in 2009, but he was far from unknown before that. He was already celebrated and famous for his brilliant mind and appearances in everything from documentaries to scripted television to late night shows. 54% of podcast listeners start listening to podcasts because they offer an extension to other media. So it's not surprising that listeners have followed him to the podcast space. I'm not unaware of the fact that, you know, there are these other channels that people have access to me. And to the extent that I can say, hey, guys, I got a podcast, too. I have a podcast because I was getting lazy. All right. What happened is I'd be in the street and people would stop me. And they always ask questions. Oh, by the way, I know I'm succeeding as an educator because they don't ask me what my favorite color is. They say, you're Tyson, right? I said, yeah. Well, tell me about that black hole and, the, and Pluto. And so I'm just food for them, right? I'm just a conduit to the cosmos. And I'm delighted to serve that role. But I realized that I can't do this 50 times a day. <laughs> I want to say it once. And then we're going to have a catalog. And it's going to be on the podcast. And then I thought to myself, how much time do I spend in traffic? How much time am I on a treadmill? How much time am I just sort of cooking in the kitchen and I can't pay attention to an interview or to a TV show or to a streaming service, but I got my headphones and I can multitask. So many things all of us do in a day that so lend themselves to connecting to a podcast that I think podcasts are here to stay and they'll be here long after every other medium has faded. Like so many other podcasts in the genre, StarTalk is a success and quickly becoming what Neil is known for. I'll tell you something interesting that's happened over the years. Because I check this, people stop me in the street. Oh, you're Tyson. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I ask them, well, how do you know me? And in the old days, it was, well, I saw you on The Daily Show, or I saw you, I might have read one of your books, or I saw you in Cosmos. In these latest three years or so, it's, love your podcast. 
And so I think that speaks well of the power of podcasting just in the world today. Podcasters like Neil understand not only the power of podcasting, but also the impact of a multi-channel approach to create a universe of related, interconnected content. What I try to bring to the table is the whole rest of my life. I also write books. Uh, I'm, as you know, I'm on TV. And by the way, from all of that experience, I learn. I learn how people are thinking, what wires them, what interests them. And the podcast is a place where all that plugs in. And I got to tap everything I've learned as an educator and apply it inside that podcast. And of course, I bring some of my popularity to the podcast. You know, I have 14 million, 15 million Twitter followers. That's a crazy number for a scientist. StarTalk has a TikTok platform. That's a whole next generation, as you know. So I create TikTok content. And so this is all sorts of cross-pollination forces that serve the podcast audience. When it comes to education, science, and learning, you may have a certain type of audience in your mind. It's okay. You can say it. Geeks. There's geek chic. There is. And so I look at, you know, who's our following? It's we get all the geeks. Get them all. But we also get people who are geek sympathizers, <laughs> people who wish they had sort of the enthusiasm that the geeks do, and they want to, some of it to rub off. People listen to podcasts to satisfy their curiosity. According to the podcast consumer journey study we performed with Publicis Media and Signal Hill, 32% of listeners turn to podcasts to stay informed, and 30% say they always learn something new. There are people out there who already know they like science, and so they're an easy sell. They're going to come to us no matter what. Then there are the people who don't know that they like science. They don't know. So you got to help them along. And so for that reason, the recipe for Star Talk is to combine pop culture, which we're all fluent in by definition, humor, which who doesn't like smiling? right, with the science. And this is a context in which you don't normally receive science. Education, science, and learning are a great content opportunity for hosts and listeners. Hosts can change perceptions and bridge knowledge gaps, and listeners can learn and find new interests. I count myself among the ranks of educators. As an educator, what I try to do is make sure that I do 90% of the gapping between where I am and where you are. And part of our mission statement is like a hidden mission statement, we don't like lead with it, is to broaden the base of who is interested in science, which means women, people of color, people who are previously disenfranchised, that's who we're targeting. So, in terms of the guests we have and the, uh, my co-hosts or the women all over the place, people of color all over the place. And so we're normalizing what the viewer and listener expects of what a scientist is. And that's part of our long-term mission statement, and it's been succeeding. Listeners are coming to this genre with a lot of curiosity. This benefits brands because they're not only linked in, but they're also engaged. So much so that over half of podcast listeners say they like hearing about new brands, products, and services on the shows they listen to. I think of all the brands that serve geeks, cool gadgets, uh, video games, um, anything cool that involves tech that the geeks will adopt first and then everybody sort of trails behind because they're not on the frontier. I, uh, where I look to 
a, a relationship or a, a sponsorship. Yeah, it would be with somebody who is um, geek forward, tech forward. I'm all in. I'm all in. And I think that would be the ideal relationship. The learning genre is absolutely massive. As Neil said earlier, the genre brings in a wide range of listeners, so it takes an audience expert to categorize them well. Luckily, we have Sophie Anderson, our podcast marketing and insights guru, to draw some conclusions. So when it comes to the learning genres, we have everyone. It's a large and growing audience of listeners from Gen X to Gen Z. People who love going on vacations, bike riding, investing in stocks, shopping organic, and of course, finding new tech. But we do find specific differentiators between different subgenres within the learning genre. First up, education. Education listeners skew heavily female. Nearly half are between the ages of 18 to 34. They love learning and are often busy keeping up with the demands of work, family, and pets. 42% are married and 41% are full-time members of the workforce. We see that they find solace and inspiration through Pinterest boards and different modes of self-expression, from DIY projects to fashion to beauty. These folks are seeking to be the best versions of themselves, whether it's taking group fitness classes, researching health information, or going back to school for advanced degrees and certifications. And 38% are parents of children under the age of 18. So they're always looking to learn about the best way to keep their child engaged and nurtured as they move about the world. Next, we have science for all the hardcore geeks. The science audience skews majority male, and these listeners enjoy an annual household income of over 100K. They're vicarious lab geeks, employed full-time, highly educated, and they love to live through the stories they find on podcasts. 52% of this audience is married, and overall, they're a very family-oriented bunch. They enjoy giving back to their community with time or monetary donations, and they also show interest in prioritizing a green lifestyle. They're willing to pay more for eco-friendly products and services, and they prefer to buy locally grown food. Lastly, they enjoy outdoor activities, specifically hiking, camping, and cycling. So that's what you'll find them doing in their free time. And our last genre within education? History. Who doesn't love learning a bit of history? The history buff audience is pretty evenly split between men and women, ranging from older Gen Z to Gen X. They're workers. 61% are employed full-time, and 48% have a household income of over 100K. They're highly educated and always looking to advance their careers in education. They keep up with current events, invest for the future, and are avid readers. But their true passion is in fitness and health. They can often be found taking Pilates and yoga classes, utilizing nutrition apps, or running outside. So we've talked to the one and only Neil deGrasse Tyson. We've talked to our audience expert. But what about someone behind the scenes on a learning podcast? My name is Josephine Martirana. I'm an executive producer at Stitcher. I oversee shows like LeVar Burton Reads, the Mel Robbins podcast, Love to See It, and a few others. Josephine has been in the podcast space for quite a while and knows all about what makes educational podcasts special. Education and learning sounds like such a dry sort of way to categorize a lot of the content that's out there. But in actuality, like it's a mainstay of listening. So 
According to like Edison's 2019 Infinite Dial report, 74% of podcast listeners tune in to learn new things. And that includes like new perspectives. It includes like cultural criticism and stuff like that. Other people tune in for entertainment, keep up to date and things like that. But like almost three quarters of the listenership want to learn new things. I think part of the reason why audio is so effective, and I think podcasting in particular is so effective, is because podcasts are ad supported, right? So that makes them accessible, which means that people can seek out interests without like a real commitment. She also understands that it's not just the subject matter that's important. It's the host and what they bring to the table that makes a big impact. Something else that I think makes for terrific educational content is basically like, again, having a great host, but not only a host who really knows what, like, who's really a sort of definitive authority in whatever they're talking about, but someone who just really gets listeners, you know, is fun, gets people excited. And how that comes across can be in a bunch of different ways. Like it could be um, sort of Allie Ward's really delightful sort of presence as a host on Ologies or Roman Mars, who's more just sort of this, I don't know, like ever expansive soul who leads us to all of these different places that we might not you know, go to on our own. And so, yeah, I think that that host listener relationship is also really key. And that shared passion can really come across and like nurture that host listener relationship as well. If we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. The host listener relationship is the feel that makes podcasts different. Also important, the accessibility. Yeah, I think podcasts are absolutely accessible in the way of it being a low barrier to entry, right? So I think people are open to listening while they're doing chores or driving to work or, you know, hanging out in the living room with their kids, whatever it might be. I believe that people are less precious about how they engage with podcasts because they're ad supported. I'm not saying like, you know, people are not really tuning in because they absolutely are. But at the same time, it doesn't have that like formal requirement of like sitting down at your computer and, you know, taking notes and all of this stuff. Like you just get to engage with educational content on your own terms because it's ad supported and free. So before purchasing ad reads on learning podcasts, what should advertisers know about this audience? Josephine has a few keynotes. When advertisers support educational content, I think what they're getting is a really engaged audience and a really affluent, passionate audience who have a track record of supporting the things that they love. Because these are people who are usually like, you know, they're passionate, they know what they like, or they're open to learning new things as well. And so if you have people who are naturally curious and you're, you know, advertising something that they haven't used before, then I think they're more open to buying a thing that they haven't tried in the past than someone else might be. And they typically have the disposable income to do it too, to purchase it too. Podcast listeners are typically pretty leaned in and pretty engaged because I think part of it is they're listening to a host who is aspirational in some ways, like 
don't we all wish that we had the time and, and mental energy to like dive into our passions or, you know, just really seek out the latest and whatever it is that we're interested in or take the time to really analyze what's going on in the world and like share such an in-depth perspective on it. So I think as casual as podcasting can be, there's also like a reverence to it. And when you have that relationship, you want to support that host. And when that host is really tuned into what it is their listeners want, the listeners are going to listen to them because that trust is there. And that trust extends to the advertisers who are on the show as well. You've heard all about the audience breakdowns and what goes on behind the scenes to make educational podcasts as rich as they are. But what about advertisers? Why are they flocking to podcasts, specifically the education genre? We spoke to Rebecca Panico, Global Head of Media at Hilton, to get their strategy. Overall, you know, we believe that it's important from an audience perspective, and we look at the way that our audiences are consuming media, that audio as a channel overall is a really, it's been an important addition to our strategy over the last few years in order to do a few things. I think resonate with our audiences in a way that's different from video advertising. I think when you think about podcast advertising, I know for myself, right? Like I'm going to podcast to learn about the latest, you know, headlines in the news, help to, I think, enrich my life. And we know that our specific audience for Hilton is doing the same thing. So we saw that, you know, that genre is just a really important area for us to insert our brand and align our brand to. Um, And it's a high reaching environment. And I think the hosts within the education genre are very much um, just very popular. And um, once, you know, when we think about being in culture, we want to align ourselves with people in the podcast environment that are driving culture. But for advertisers who are still on the fence, Rebecca has some great advice. I mean, I'd say to any advertiser who's hesitant is like, what does it hurt to try it? You know, I think we were a brand that were hesitant to get into the podcast environment. And I'm so thankful that we did because I think it's really shown to be such a strong channel for us as a brand to deliver that, you know, again, friend in your ear kind of alignment. And I'd say to any brand, you know, what does it hurt to try? Take some of those test and learn budgets and really lean into the channel and see what you can do and try to unleash the power of audio. I think we always think about video and sight, sound, and motion, and those are certainly very important, but I think that gets reinforced really well in the audio environment. And I think podcasts overall is just a place that consumers are flocking to. And, you know, there's really true opportunity for you as a brand to get creative and to really align with other personalities that can help to deliver your brand in a way that's more approachable to consumers who are listening in their environment. I think, you know, what's next is honestly, like how do brands start to create their own podcast opportunities? I know this is an area that brands are kind of digging into, but Are there opportunities for brands to align more closely with personalities, not only to have your ads in their episodes, but also to partner and create more partnership opportunities that that co-creates? And I think that's a real big opportunity for brands and for podcast hosts in the future. 
So listeners, what did we learn today? Primarily that the education genre is massive, expansive, and attracts all kinds of audiences. Young and old, high earning, hardworking, people who want to make a better life for themselves. So advertisers, if you've been looking for your nerds and nerd wannabes, follow them to educational podcasts. I'm Lydia Serrano, and this has been the education episode of The Genre List. Stay tuned for our next one, diving deep into another top podcast genre and how advertisers can make their mark. Thanks for listening.